imagine like watching Saving Private Ryan and it's like all these Germans with their MG42 and then the camera just pans over and there's this Korean guy with a machine gun. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> exactly. Good day to you, and welcome to Primary Sources, a lazy sideshow created by the good fellows down at We Talk About Dead People to tide you over until the next full episode. In this very educated and intellectual show, we read old books aloud and comment on them, as educated people do. So, settle back, pour yourself a nice glass of brandy, place the white cat on your lap, and take a nice long pull on that massive cigar. There we go. Right as rain. Good day to you, James. I enjoy exploiting the working class. Ha <laughs> ha Capital! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so how do thou art do today? <laughs> <laughs> I art do well, James. Splendid. Uh, perhaps we should make a point of explaining what this is. Mm. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, number one, we don't actually sound like that. <laughs> uh, number two, a fake-isode is an episode that's unlike other We Talk About Dead People episodes. Because the other We Talk About Dead People episodes are so heavily produced and require so much research, sometimes we like to give ourselves a little break. Mm. And... Uh, probably from this point forward, we're going to have scheduled fake episodes so we can take more time uh, to research, say, larger subjects. Yes? Yes. 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 James, do you have anything to add while I sip my coffee? Yes, fake episodes are what we do when we feel lazy, which is usually how we feel, but today I feel exceptionally lazy. So it doesn't require as much research, but we'll be back to that. Dead people goodness. Well, here, here's here's the funny thing about fake episodes. Um, I thought the first time we did it, I thought I was like, it was like, oh no, people are gonna be mad at us. But it turns out the fake episodes do better than regular episodes. That's just sad. <laughs> as far as plays, yeah, people like them a lot oh, more. Dear. Well, and we get better feedback on fake episodes than we do our actual fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Can't win all the Fruit Loops. Okay, say, it makes sense though, because our show is so shitty. It is. Hey, speaking of shitty show, can I ah. can I make a quick apology and uh, description to our fine listeners? Uh, I don't know what you're apologizing for, but well, I, I might not be apologizing for anything. We won't know until uh, until I send you this file later today. But oh. I'm just saying, if I sound different, it's because I got throat punched by a gorilla. And it also might be because I am recording in a different location for the first time today. I'm actually in my wife's closet, <laughs> which is super tiny. Um, is that a metaphor? <laughs> well, it is, but I'm also physically in... Oh, shit, that doesn't make it better. Uh... uh <laughs> This better have an explicit <laughs> ball four. Take the bass. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting here on the ground. Um, I've got this upturned trash can. On top of the trash can, <laughs> I have a hardcover book, historical maps of World War II Europe, and oh. on that book, I have my microphone. 
and okay. it's cramped in here. And I don't know how the sound quality will be, but we're trying well, new things because that's what we're all about here. There's nothing I like to see better than a boy sacrificing his life for his country. <laughs> that's, that's true. Not true. That's true. <laughs> that's, I say that's, that's not true, and you immediately go, "That's true." <laughs> I do enjoy it. Uh, so, ah, in our typical episode structure, we talk about dead people, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we kind of talk about dead people in the fake episodes because typically we read books written by dead people, mm. and. We like to pick uh, the fruitiest, sexiest things we can. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So far, we've had a long line of hits, including a French... No, not a French. An, a British. Maybe it was French. I don't remember. A Victorian-era sex novel. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a highlight for sure. Um, and then we had a book on propaganda, which was my favorite one. Uh, James, did you have any favorites that we've covered so far? Uh... Uh, I really don't remember, well, I don't remember our episodes, but I especially don't remember the fake episodes, because <laughs> it takes zero brain capacity to produce this shit. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, so uh, my memory is kaput. Okay, well, mm. that's fine, because it's a fake episode, you don't need to remember anything. So how should we do this? Should, should you, you've got a couple, a couple nuggets of joy, right? I've got several, um, and you do as well, from what I understand. I do, I do. Ah, uh, ah. So, about, do you want to start? What? Do you want to start off? Let's flip a coin. Ooh. Okay, I I don't have a coin, but what I do have is. I just heard a crashing sound in my bedroom. Uh. <sighs> is that pickles? It's pickles. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, Shit. flip that coin. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Yeah, I don't have a coin, but what I do have is the cap on the end of my of this tube, mm. in which is my master's degree oh. that I have never taken out to view. Okay, well, let's flip your degree. <laughs> All right, I've got this cap. I'm going to flip it. So do you, heads is going to be the depressed side, so you probably want to be heads, right? Well, I do have a depressing head, so what else is there? <laughs> Flip that head. There's nothing worse than depressing head. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, so you're taking heads? Yeah. All right, here we go. Boom. Oh, James. Mm. You gotta go. I gotta go. Okay. It's your turn. All right. <laughs> you gotta, well, and you're just gonna have to take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terrifying. All right. Oh, uh, yes. So I know that we, with your whole little intro thing, we usually do primary sources for fake episodes. Uh-huh. Uh. I have not done that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? In true James fashion. <laughs> um, don't uh, worry. Okay. It's, it's still history related. And in fact, it's... Well, I'll, I'll just tell you. So, through the eons and the fork, <laughs> the fork nights of creating these episodes, uh... I, I, whenever I'm reading through history online, I, I bookmark dead people that seem interesting, you know, J- ah. just for future episodes, right? Right. Well, I have a separate file. I have different files. A few of those I'm not going to share on the air. But I do have a separate file in which I bookmark uh, honorable mentions. Oh, this is good. Yeah. So what I got here is, and I've got a whole bunch of them, but I'm only going to do a few today. I'll save the rest for, for later. 
is okay. people who have died and they have like there's something super interesting or funny or sad about their lives, but there's just not enough to do a full episode on them. So right. I've, I've got these little these little tidbits of info. Oh god, the What? I hate that cat. Is he fucking things up more? I don't even I just hear scratching and banging, but that could be the guy in my cellar. Okay. <laughs> uh, either way. Okay. So, should, should I start with this this honorable mention um, montage? I, I, I say go for it. Okay. I'm excited. Nice. Uh, I'll start things kind of short. Um, I've got, the first person I have is Moses of Crete. Oh, Okay. And I think we've talked about him briefly on the show once or twice before, maybe. Oh, is this the Moses in the Bible? Mm, what? No. Well, kind no. of. It's a different Moses. Um, oh, but so it's not the Moses in the Bible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Different. Oh, jeez, that would take a full episode for sure. Oh, uh, we gotta do Moses. <laughs> we gotta do Moses. Uh, <laughs> I can just imagine how good that would be. Think of the skit potential. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, then there's this guy, okay? Mm-hmm. And his name's Pharaoh, all oh. right? And, mm-hmm. and Moses decides that Pharaoh is a bad guy, okay? Right. So he tells God to yeah. send plagues on Pharaoh's city. Oh, so Tumblr. Including... Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to talk about a river of blood when you say that. <laughs> What's the difference? Uh, that was not the joke you thought I was making. Mm, no. God damn it, Pickles. <laughs> Alright, well, we're just okay. gonna roll because I don't know what he's doing out there. So, Moses of Crete. Alright. Uh, uh, like I said, we've talked about this guy, but here's his official eight-sentence bio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you've got the Jewish people living under the Romans, right? It's like the 400s AD, or CE, right. or whatever. Right. And They're in lot- the cave network underneath, like, uh, fucking Moria, something like that, living ri- literally underneath the Romans. Yes? Yeah, uh, yes. Underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how that would work across the entire expanse. Well, it's a complicated system. But you've got those people, and then you've also got just the normal people <laughs> living under Roman rule, including the Jewish people, who suffered quite a bit under the Romans... And so, because of this and for their religion, a lot of these Jewish people are awaiting the coming of the Messiah to save him. Save them, not him. I right. He, not, not, the Messiah won't save himself. That's, well, Jesus didn't, but anyway. <laughs> so, they're looking for a Messiah to save them from the Romans. Oh, oh, and look! Here's one now! It's oh. Moses <laughs> of Crete! So somewhere along in the 400s, Moses of Crete turns up on that small Mediterranean island. Notice I said island. Uh Uh-huh. And he starts gathering some Jewish people together because lo and behold, he is going to lead them to the promised land itself. Uh. But of course, uh. (laughs) they're on an island. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he's got a good amount of people, so it's not like they can just grab a rowboat and be on their way. Right. <laughs> but wait, our man's got a plan. Okay. Since his name is Moses, well, why not just do what the Old Testament Moses did by having the sea split and make oh. a way for the people to walk all the way to the Holy Land, right? Right, uh, of course. Yeah. That's obvious. The names are the same. Why wouldn't the, the same thing happen? 
Right. Yes. So he does just that. Moses leads his followers to the sea and then commanded them to cast themselves off the rocky overlook into the sea below. While he stood there, probably arms outstretched, praying to God to open the sea. Oh my God. And uh, the plan was, by faith and miracles, they would have a graceful landing on solid, dry earth. And the sea would split and form a path that would lead them from Crete to the Holy Land. Well, oh my God. <laughs> people just start chucking themselves into the sea. And, uh, oh, they're breaking apart on the rocks below and drowning horribly. Jesus. Oh. So after a few minutes of this, Moses of Crete just grabs his suitcase, runs off, and is never seen again. <laughs> what? So he didn't even jump off with them? Well, there, there's one account that he did and drowned, um, but the two other accounts on this say that he disappeared um, <laughs> as one would do after a failed mo what is he rubbing his ass on my door <laughs> do you what? hear that it's like a pickle <laughs> oh i don't hear it okay well we'll just we'll just keep going pretty soon he's just gonna start crying i know <sighs> moaning and doing his stupid shit well, my wife is out there, but she's got her headphones in, so she doesn't know. Oh, I'm just okay. All right. So that's <laughs> Moses of Creep. <laughs> that's, okay. That's the shortest one I have, but I had to include him because just a great, uh, influential figure. <laughs> oh, that was fucking awesome. Oh well, the other three I've got are excellent. But before we get to those, I, I hear that you have some good material. Yes, I do. Well, I have. Do tell. Uh, I have a little book of uh, of George Bernard Shaw. Oh, <clears throat> and it's called the book is called Maxims for Revolutionists. Oh, geez. Okay. Good. Yeah. And this is a book in which he basically like covers every kind of system mm. uh, and various topics like education, marriage, uh, polygamy, oh, crime and punishment. Uh, and then uh, titles, honor, property, servants, and then how to beat children. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, uh. it's in all caps in the text document I got from Gutenberg.org, how to beat children. Oh, jeez. And I thought this was uh, I thought this was worth reading. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Because I wanted to know what George Bernard Shaw thought about beating children. Yeah, well, that's, that's an honest opinion. Uh, yes, but also it's worth noting that he writes kind of ironically. So this is probably not like straightforward advice on how to actually beat children. Oh dear, oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, so here's, tell. Here's, tell. here's George Bernard Shaw, mm -hmm. Shaw's official opinion on how to beat children. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, there's a chapter on this, okay? It's you, you got, like... We have to read it. It's, it's our duty. Yeah. <laughs> we have to let the people know. <laughs> okay. So, here we go. If you strike a child, take care that you strike it in anger, even at the risk of maiming it for life. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I was pretty That's shocked. That's how he starts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right out of the gate. Oh, a blow in cold blood neither can nor should be forgiven. Hmm. 
So you don't just hit a kid for no reason. All right. All right. You have to strike it when you're angry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, <clears throat> if you beat your children for pleasure, uh-huh. avow your object frankly and play the game according to the rules as a fox hunter does. Wait, wait. And you to... will do... What? what? We need to break that sentence down. <laughs> So, okay, so base what? Sorry. Well, yeah. G- please go on. I, uh, <laughs> it's 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 it says if you if you're like beating your kids for fun. Yeah, but it says object, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay. No, no, no. It's not quite like treating your your child as an object. That's oh, it's that's the object the wrong inter- of treating. Yes, it's the right. objective. Um, if you enjoy beating your children, just say I like beating my kids. That's mm-hmm. what he's saying. So you just. If you like beating your children, just say you like it, all right? Sure. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to say, hey, I really enjoy beating the piss out of these little (laughs) bastards, um, he's saying, uh, don't break the rules. Um, Just treat it like it's a game. Ah. (laughs) Fair enough. Like you're a fox hunter. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because hunting's a game, too. Um. Yes, and and George Bernard Mm. Shaw says of this this child-beating game... that if you treat it like a game, it will do comparatively little harm. Are there like points involved, or uh, do you? Is it like a turn-based game? I'm just I'm trying to break down the the game aspect. Yeah. Okay. So what you do is you get twenty different belts of varying. Oh dear uh, God. Girth, okay. And then you roll a d twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh <laughs> uh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're almost through. All right. Well, no, this is... Hey, it's history. All right. <laughs> it is. This is like an opinion that somebody held back yeah. in the day. Uh-huh. One of the smartest guys, actually, <laughs> mm. uh, George Bernard Shaw, had an opinion on how to beat children. Okay, so he says, treat, treat it like you're a fox hunter and the kid is a fox. And he says... No fox hunter is such a cad as to pretend that he hunts the fox to teach it not to steal chickens, or that he suffers more acutely than the fox at death. I'm just going to let that one fly. (laughs) That's It works for me. (laughs) All right. I mean, he's like, what he's saying is like, you know, you don't hunt a fox. Uh, to teach it not to be a fox. You hunt a fox to fucking kill it. Mm. Um, but also, if you're going to kill the fox, you don't get to pretend like it was hard to kill the fox. It was harder for the fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Right. So this is harder for me than it is for you. Uh, that kind of shit. He's like, that's bullshit. Mm. It's harder for the kid that you're beating. So. Well, obviously, yeah. All right. All right. And then the last line in this in this, this uh, compendium of wisdom <laughs> is... Remember that even in child beating, there is the sportsman's way and the cad's way. Mm. Which, you know, child beating <laughs> has a different meaning today, okay? Like, I think back then it was like corporal discipline, not like taking your fist to your child's face. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, fair enough. Um,. Man, you got a dumb cat over there, and I got sad dog crying like crazy. Yeah, it's, I really don't. It's, it's, I wish. I hope so... people can hear sad dog because everyone needs to hear the plight of sad dog. It's, yeah, Karl Marx would shit his pants if he saw that plight. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's only one other thing I want to read out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
from George Bernard Shaw, uh, and that's his quote, his uh, his opinion on religion. Okay. Oh, all right. It's very short, very short, and it's right under child beating, so you know it's like second priority to so, child beating. <laughs> <laughs> Was child beating his religion? <laughs> Was it just any child, or was it his own children? Or is he going around the streets of London just punching orphans in their gut? (laughs) Bam! I'm a fox hunter! (laughs) Not a cad! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's his opinion on religion. Mm -hmm. Alright. These are all divided into, like, little aphorisms, like lines. It reads a little bit like uh, Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Number one. Beware of the man whose god is in the skies. Hmm. Number one, right out of the gate. Yeah, I like that. And then the only other thing he has to say about religion Mm -hmm. is, What a man believes may be ascertained not from his creed, but from the assumptions on which he habitually acts. Ah. Which is pretty wise. Yeah. It's... So there's quite a spectrum in this this little (laughs) group of sentences you read us today. Yes, uh, different <laughs> world, different time, different perspective. It's history. Uh, yeah, but I really like that bit about religion. What a man believes may be ascertained not from his creed, but from the assumptions on which he habitually acts. Yep. You can't just talk the walk. You gotta walk the walk. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of basically what he's saying is like, okay, you can say you're a Christian, all mm-hmm. right, all right, but if you're not acting like one, you're not. Really, you don't really believe it, right? Sure, sure. So if you're a Christian who's going around breaking all the rules and sinning all the time... Like beating children, perhaps? Yeah, and you say you're, like, beating children. <laughs> well, I mean, Proverbs does kind of endorse it. I mean, I mean... He who does, spares but... the rod spoils the child. Why do I have uh, that one memorized? <laughs> because, oh, I don't know, nobody ever spared the rod on you? That's <laughs> mm, true. It's just like a, a mule. <laughs> <laughs> just beaten it's beaten <laughs> mm. okay anyway so that's what i have from george bernard shaw i really right. enjoyed that it's oh. it's quite applicable it's not <laughs> we, we here we talk about dead people we do not endorse child beating uh no <laughs> mm. uh, yes. okay so james take mm-hmm. us to your next uh, honorable mention right so i've got three honorable mentions right here I've got okay. one that's fucking crazy. I think I'll save that one for last. Okay. Uh, I've got these two, though, and I'll let you decide what I, who I go with next. Do you want a sad story, but heroic? Or do you want just kind of a weird and sad story? <laughs> I want weird and sad first. Okay, all right, perfect. All right. That's, that's what I have written, so that's the correct chronological decision. You wrote something for this episode? That is just... So sad. Yeah, I did about fifteen. This is like our week ago. off. <laughs> James, you gotta leave the office, man. No, 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 no. This was so enjoyable. The, these people. I mean, you heard Moses of Crete. Like, how can I not enjoy writing that shit? All right. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna take a turn though. This is not quite as uh, well. It's not. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> so, not like child beating. That's just. <laughs> well, that, that's just prime humor right there. <laughs> Um, okay. All right. So, take my hand and walk with me to the cold wastes of Canada. Okay. Our 51st state, the land of maple goodness. (laughs) 
So, uh, we're going to talk about uh-huh. the life of Vince Coleman. Okay. And I don't have anything about this guy's early life, because he's not notable, perhaps. Okay. But what I do know is that uh, once he was adult, he he was a train dispatcher in the early 1900s in the town of Virginia, Nova Scotia, which of course is on the eastern coast of Canada in the early 1900s. And he's a train dispatcher, which means he's basically directing train traffic and making sure that no disasters happen, and he's using uh, telegraphs and Morse code and all that to just kind of kind of keep things going. He's oh okay, so he's God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's he's a railway god. Um, and I'm going to stick with that, actually, because he okay, kind of is. Uh, anyway, he's pretty good at this whole directing thing. One time he manages to organize the halting of a runaway train without anybody dying or getting hit. Wow. Which is pretty impressive if you've seen a runaway train. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just jump in front of it and stop it like right. fucking yeah. Spider-Man? Or? <laughs> if you... Put enough people in front of it, it's bound to stop eventually. <laughs> so, but that's that's not the, <laughs> that's not that's not the amazing thing he did, even though it is pretty cool. Yeah. So we're we're gonna skip forward. Uh, it is December sixth, nineteen seventeen, and Vince is working at eight forty-five in the morning, just directing train traffic. Now remember that it's 1917, and there's this little thing called World War One. Oh shit! That's going on. <laughs> So there's this French ship just off the coast, and it's carrying loads and loads of explosives. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it was carrying it, I think, from New York to Nova Scotia to eventually go to France to deliver the munitions. And what kind of munitions were they? Were they like weaponized baguettes or something? Yes, exactly. You just okay. you open a, a baguette you uh, with a wine cork opener. You gouge <laughs> out the middle of the baguette, and then you fill the entire thing with gunpowder. And Do they also have t-shirt launchers that launched white flags? I mean... <laughs> We're hitting all, all the check marks We're, in the book. I, we gotta hit them all. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's not an overused <laughs> The ship was wearing a giant yellow vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, you're good. Uh, so there's this French boat um, filled with explosives. Right. Then, then there's also this Norwegian boat out there, too. And um, oh. these boats are getting pretty close together. And then suddenly they collide. And this French ship filled with explosives catches fire. Oh, shit. And begins drifting to shore headed right towards the train yard because the train yard is right on the coast. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everybody on the French ship, they jump overboard because they know it's only a matter of seconds until literally everywhere blows the fuck up. <laughs> and one of these Shit. French one of these French guys, he jumps overboard, he makes it to the shore, and he runs over to the train yard and tells our guy Vince to get the hell out of Dodge. But here's the problem. Oh, no. There's a train that's going to arrive any second. And it's got 300 passengers on it. Oh, God. So Vince tells the other men to go and just get out of there as this boat is getting closer and closer to shore. And he decides to stay behind so he can send as many telegrams and as many Morse code messages to basically all the trains in the area to not go to the Halifax train station and to stop their approach immediately and to turn around if they can. Because this thing is going to... This is going to be a huge explosion. Anyway, 
so our guy, our guy Vince, he's there, and he, he stays there, sending these warning messages until the very end. Uh, his last, uh, eventually the ship reaches shore, and it explodes, and Vince's last message read, hold up the train, ammunition ship afire in harbor making for Pier 6, and will explode. Guess this will be my last message. Goodbye, boys. Oh, damn. Yeah. The ship did eventually reach shore and explode. This whole event is known as the Halifax Explosion. I think that's how you say it. And you should look it up, because I've never heard of the thing. But pictures of it, and we have pictures of it, it looks like a fucking volcano eruption. Uh, Damn. The ship erupted with approximately the equivalent of 2.9 kilotons of TNT. Um, Just huge. And it is quite a catastrophe. 2,000 Canadians were killed in the blast. Holy shit. And another 9,000 were wounded. And pictures after the explosion of the area just look like a a flattened wasteland. It's really creepy. Gee whiz. Um, yeah, so, of course, this, this disaster is often overlooked because of the flu epidemics and, of course, World War I, but kind of crazy. As for our boy Vince Coleman, he's remembered as a hero for saving the passenger train. All 300 of its passengers survived, I think, and he saved other additional trains as well by keeping them from coming to the, the place of eruption. And he's got some places named after him. There's also a a famous ferry named after him, apparently. And he was also inducted into the Canadian Railway Hall of Fame in 2004. He's kind of like you said, just a god. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The balls to to stay behind, knowing that you're going to be eviscerated by French munitions. (laughs) Yeah. Just warning these other trains to stay away. It, It blew me away. Um... It blew him away, too, but... Oh, come on, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I really do admire him. <laughs> that was just too oh, easy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great story, though. Yeah, yeah. So, again, okay. it, an honorable mention, but not enough to write a full episode on. Right, right. We, I love honorable mentions, though. It's one of my favorite things. Excellent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. should we throw the pitchfork back over to you? Yes, we should, and I'm going to give you a choice, mm. all right? Mm-hmm. I love all right, choices. we're going to go around the world, Ooh. okay? We can go either to North America, uh-huh. Britain, mm-hmm. China, Ooh. or the Mediterranean. Hmm. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling like olive oil right now because this... This closet's really hot, and all this oil's oozing out of my skin. So I say Mediterranean. All right. Because That's... nothing reminds me of the Mediterranean like a hot, sticky closet. Okay. Well, <laughs> g- good. <laughs> uh, so that means we're going to be reading Aesop's Fables. Oh, oh no. Yep. Excellent. But here, here's the game we're going to play, all right? Oh, no. all <clears throat> right. I'm going to read you a fable, uh-huh. and you're going to try to guess the moral at the end. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Okay, so shall we read uh, The Boy Bathing, The Quack Frog, or The Swollen Fox? The Crack Frog. <laughs> the Crack Frog? Is it's that the... what you said? No, it's The Quack Frog. Oh, that's 
disappointing, but we'll go with the quack frog. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm ready. All right, I'm looking for the moral. Once upon a time, mm-hmm. a frog came forth from his home in the marshes and proclaimed to all the world that he was a learned physician skilled in drugs and able to cure all diseases. All right. Uh, okay. Wow. Impressive. And An that's impressive frog. frog. He can talk, and the first thing he does is bullshit. <laughs> All right. All right. And among the crowd uh, of those listening was a fox who called out, uh, You, a doctor, why, how can you set up to heal others when you cannot even cure your own lame legs and blotched and wrinkled skin? Sure. So he's a racist, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this is, there's a lot of hate speech going on here. Yeah, uh, foxes really <laughs> hate frogs, according to Aesop, anyway. That's why you should hunt them, anyway. Yeah, so he's saying, cure, like, why can't you cure your own legs and your, your shitty skin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Our... What's the moral, James? Um, the moral of this story is Thou who throws the first stone Shall turn into the first potato (laughs) Which, if you translate to modern English Means Uh, you (laughs) You better cure yourself before you cure others or otherwise a fox will laugh at you. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you're on an airplane and the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling. You gotta, like, put that on yourself before you help the child next to you. Before and you beat the child next to you. Before you beat the you. child next to you. <laughs> uh, you're put actually on your damn pretty... mask, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe, motherfucker. <laughs> No, the, the uh, actual moral of the story is qu- pretty close to that. It's just, physician, heal thyself. Ah. So, and there's a lot in those those words. Uh, it's basically like, well, <laughs> you who call yourself a physician. Now, hmm. Didn't, <laughs> isn't the frog lame? Is that what the fox said? Yes. A, a lame physician is not going to be physically capable of healing himself or herself, right? Uh, no, it's not. The I'm... fox is basically saying you don't walk like a normal person. Like, th- the fox is saying you don't walk like a typical quadruped, right? You hop. So hmm. fix your frickin' legs. Okay. Walk like a civilized animal. <laughs> oh, I'm... Italians, man. <laughs> Wasn't Aesop Italian? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know shit about Aesop, except that he wrote fables. How about, yeah. you want to you wanna do one more? Yeah, oh no, keep going. I'm enjoying this. Let's. Uh, okay. Uh, All right, so guess the moral. Here, so. All right, yeah, guess, guess the moral. Mm-hmm. This is the story of the two bags. <laughs> you know, our podcast is the story of two bags. <laughs> Right. It really is, though. Okay, so th- here's the story of the two bags, all right? Uh, <clears throat> Every man carries two bags about with him, one in front and one behind, and oh, no. both are packed full of faults. Oh. The bag in front contains his neighbor's faults, the one behind his own. 
Hence it is that men do not see their own faults, but never fail to see those of others. Hmm. It, I just told you the moral. It was there at the end. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's well. <laughs> Good thing you told me, because I was gonna... I was way off. <laughs> yeah. Well, good, good. Okay, so we got one more. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's called uh, The Boy and the Filberts. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, so apparently Filbert is not just a name for a person. Mm -hmm. It's a name for something that's that you want, I guess, <laughs> and also something that you keep in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> so... So if I met this guy named Philbert, and I wanted to decapitate him and put his head in a jar, would he be a Philbert, Philbert, Philbert? Uh, yeah. Basically. All right. Just, just making things clear. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So here we go. <clears throat> a boy put his hand into a jar of Philberts and grasped as many as his fist could possibly hold. Oh, I know where this is going. Yep. But when he tried to pull it out again, he found he couldn't do so, for the neck of the jar was too small to allow the passage of so mm. large a handful. Mm -hmm. Unwilling to lose his nuts, but unable to withdraw his hand, he oh, burst no. into tears. Mm -hmm. A bystander who saw where the trouble lay said to him, Come, my boy, don't be so greedy. Be content with half the amount, and you'll be able to get your hand out without difficulty. Or turn over the fucking jar. <laughs> Let gravity do your work. Come on. Uh, yes, but <laughs> this is a story, James. I'm sorry. So, I'm so, all right. What is the moral? So old man Jenkins is like, don't be so fat. Just pull out <laughs> half the film. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, yeah, so just like bite off what you can chew. Don't be uh, selfish. Right. It's more like do not attempt too much at once. Sure. All right. So to all our listeners out there who have their hands stuck in a jar of filberts, take less, you greedy bastards, and maybe take a little bit with one grab and then take a m another little bit with another grab. And flip over the jar. Come on, if Aesop is Italian... I really hope Aesop is Italian because I keep saying that and I could be so wrong. But if Aesop <laughs> is Italian, remember Galileo and his little thing about dropping those stones off of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Gravity can do your work for you. Turn over the jar. <laughs> uh, Aesop. I'm going to look him up real quick. Just to make sure he's Italian. I'm glad you can because I don't have internet and you do. I, I want to know too. All right. Oh, no, he's from Greece. <laughs> of course, What's of the course difference? he is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I meant Greece. That's what I thought of. The little, the little hand sticking out of Europe to, to paddle the butt of the Mediterranean. Greece is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to reach into the jar of filberts. <laughs> what's, what's the difference? <laughs> okay, how about, how about just one more, okay? Yeah, oh no, uh, this is great. This, All right. this is okay. wisdom, my friend. <laughs> so this one's called The Frogs Asking for a King. <laughs> ah, yes. So the French, All right. French Revolution. So here it goes. All right. <clears throat> There was a time when the frogs were discontented. All the frogs collectively, by the way, were oh. discontented because they had no one to rule over them. Sure. So they sent a deputation to Jupiter 
to ask him to oh. give them a king. Uh, not mm. the planet. The god. The god. The, Ro- the Roman god. Okay, yeah. Right. All right, so they sent they send this emissary to talk to Jupiter and be like, hey, we, we want a king. All right. Mm-hmm. So Jupiter, despising the folly of their request, mm-hmm. cast a log into the pool where they lived and said that that should be their king. <laughs> <laughs> so the All frogs right. the frogs were terrified at the first at first by the splash. Oh. And scuttled away into the deepest parts of the pool. Mm. But by and by, when they saw that the log remained motionless, one by one they ventured to the surface again. And before long, growing bolder, they began to feel such contempt for it that they even took to sitting upon it. Oh. Thinking Hmm. that a king of that sort was an insult to their dignity, they went to Jupiter a second time Mm -hmm. and begged him to take away the sluggish king he had given them. Mm. And to give them another and a better one. (laughs) All right. I'm uh, sure. It's a, are you it's following? Are you I, got the moral yet? Um, kings are humans too. Uh, I, 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 I'm not there yet. All right, okay, we'll so, keep going. I'm, yeah. All right. Jupiter, being annoyed at being pestered in this way, mm. sent a stork to rule over them, mm. who no sooner arrived among them than he began to catch and eat the frogs as fast as he could. Oh shit! That's the end of the story. <laughs> okay, um, the moral is don't ask a big gassy planet for authority, right? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> and don't call me a big gassy planet. I know you're thinking <laughs> it. <laughs> I was going to say you're basically the log. Yeah, you land in the water, splash, and then you just float to the top. And frogs you're face down, me. you're dying. <laughs> yeah. Just drown there because you're too lazy to get out of the pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the frogs climb up and sit on you, and they're like, <laughs> we are the king now. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's my life. So here's the, here's the fun part about this story. Yeah. I actually don't know the moral. Oh. Yeah, oh, because okay. Aesop didn't have the... What a bastard. Yeah, he didn't have the uh, the decency to write the moral for the one that needed like the written moral <laughs> yeah one that's it's <laughs> highly confusing um yeah hmm. <clears throat> so I, i'm guessing basically well aesop sounds like a true american to me oh he wasn't from greece he was american um what, what, this what whole, makes you say that well the, this fable obviously shows that he didn't think highly of kings right they're either lazy or they're cannibals essentially right. As an American, I inherently agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. King George, he ate frogs. Oh, yeah. Look what we did to him. We <laughs> sat on his face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that was an image I did not want. <laughs> so uh, the moral, the moral yes. is America is right. Yeah, <laughs> and we're all frogs. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> not to be like, I, I really do want to figure out what this means because it sounds a lot like uh, the Old Testament where the mm. Israelites want a king. Yes. And God's like, you're going to hate hate whoever I send mm-hmm. just automatically because he's a king. And so like, we want a king anyway. So God sends, him a, sends them a king and he turns out to be a real bastard. Yeah, he's not a great guy. 
Uh, yeah. But is anyone named Saul ever a good guy? Nah. I've seen Breaking Bad. I know how this goes. (laughs) But the story goes that they, like, he's, he's a... Well, basically, they end up getting a tyrant, and God's like, yeah, you you ask for it, asshole. <laughs> right, yeah. Look over to America. They're doing the right thing. Chucking that right. tea in the harbor and sitting on King George's face. This is It all happened at around the same time, so I'm sure so, that's what God Jupiter said. Yeah, so basically, Jupiter said, you want a god? Well, here's a, god, here's a king who does nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, shit, what, you know, this is a king that, you know, scared us at first, but, like... Oh, now we see that he doesn't do anything. It's right. just a log. So we want a king who does shit. And Jupiter's like, all right, I'll give you a king who does shit. And he gives him a king that eats them. Yeah, it's be careful what you ask for. Do, yeah. you, do you really want that? I don't know if you do. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't like, know if you do. It's like all these, these kids in coffee shops today, like, well, true communism is a utopia. And I'm sitting there like... <laughs> Dude, true communism's gonna eat all the frogs. Well, I was gonna say, like, okay, so the log is basically the Mensheviks, and the stork is the Bolsheviks. (laughs) Right? I mean, it is. (laughs) Because people were frustrated with the Mensheviks for not doing enough, (laughs) and so they turned to the Bolsheviks, and then, bam, gulags. (laughs) Yeah. So, this story that kind of seems to mean nothing, I think, is actually about communism. It's all, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Wow, he was 2,500 years before his his time. That's amazing. Aesop predicted the communist utopias of the 20th century. (laughs) Yeah, wow. What a guy. Woke. (laughs) All right, so that's Hmm. enough of Aesop, I think. All right. All right, fair we enough. we can always come back to the Aesop's fables. I got sure. them saved. I got the whole book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, but we need to. I think that should just yeah. That that was good. We'll, we'll see what the listeners think. But I I thoroughly enjoyed that and gained some wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, you know what I want to gain? Hmm. Weight? <laughs> uh, no, I need to lose some weight. <laughs> all right. Well, we all uh, maybe gain some muscle. But I was gonna say I want to gain knowledge about your next honorable mention. Oh sure, okay, okay. So yeah. this is ju- this is a weird story. <laughs> See, it's... here's the thing. I know I told you that I wanted sad, weird, and then you read sad, heroic. Mm-hmm. So you're breaking the rules already, but that's okay. Well, that's I okay. break. I rules. broke the rules with the coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. We live to break rules. Yeah. So here, this story is short, weird, and kind of sad. And I'm not describing okay. you. I'm describing the story. Oh, that, that's... <laughs> Short, weird, kind of chi- Are you still technically a child? Can I beat you? Is that... <laughs> or are you too... Like, what, what's the A... Like, I'm just what's asking... What's the cutoff? Or, or like, for myself, uh, I'm 24 years old. Do I still have to worry when I go home for Thanksgiving? Is my dad going to be like, here's the turkey. Bam! <laughs> Slaps you with the turkeys, holding both legs, just swinging it like a mace. Yeah. Here's your turkey, turkey. <laughs> I don't know. It, uh, yeah. There's a lot of questions I have. Will he beat Bernard the stuffing Shaw. out of the turkey or beat the stuffing out of you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so sad weird. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know how to describe this. But okay. our, our name, and I'm I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation. I'm sorry, but his name is Yang Kuang Yong. I I believe. Is it a Q? No, it's a K. Why? Okay, so that is a Kuang. A Yang Kuang Yong. I think. I'm just gonna call him Yang. Now, okay. uh, not all of this story has been verified, but it's generally accepted. It's just hard to prove because there's there's not a lot of info out on it. Um, but most people and historians that I came across seem to accept this as true. But take it with a grain of salt. So, Yang was born in Korea and lived there, blah blah blah, we don't know anything about his early life, but eventually Imperial Japan takes over. So this is the early 1900s. Yeah, I remember this. We covered this on Kim Il-sung. Did we? A little bit, Oh, yep. oh, oh, not the guy. The, yes, yes, we did. Yes. Yes. So, J- Imperial Japan takes over, and Yang is like, okay, whatever. He's still in Korea. But then, uh, it's the year 1938 right now. That's, that's a scary year. <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting close. We're getting close to, goodness gracious, the event. Okay. <laughs> so, Yang was 18, and he, he decides to go visit China... Uh, when, when, whoops, he's conscripted into the Imperial Japanese Army. Oh, God. (laughs) And he's sent to fight against the Soviets because now it's 1939 and World War II has begun. Okay. Now, Japan and the Soviet Union famously had this truce going on during the war, even though they were on different sides, right? Right. Uh, But not initially. Initially, they actually were at war. And there were actually a few battles between them at the very beginning of World War II, and also, uh, oddly enough, at the very end of the war. But it's the it's the very beginning right now, and Yang, a Korean boy who was captured by the Japanese in China, is now fighting against the Russians and Mongolians in Mongolia. Man, there's Are a you... picture of World War II you rarely get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you confused uh, uh, yet? Are you following? Yeah, I- I'm following okay. as best I can. Yeah. So hang on. Uh, at this one battle, the Japanese lose, and Yang is captured by the Russians and sent to a Siberian gulag labor camp. Oh, God. And he's here for several years. Oof. But fast-forwarding just a bit, in 1942, the Russians aren't doing so hot against the Nazis, and they, like, really need more troops. So, oh so Yang, alongside thousands of other prisoners of war, are pressed into the Russian military and sent to the Eastern Front, or what we know as the Eastern Front, in order to fight the Germans. Holy shit. And poor Yang is now fighting for the Russians against the Germans in Ukraine. And this goes on for a little while until he's eventually captured by the Germans and forced to switch sides again and now fight for the Germans against the Russians because the Germans are also running out of a lot of guys and need more. <laughs> Holy shit! So, but hang, oh my... hang on, hang on. Oh. The Allies are going to land at Normandy like any day now. So the Germans send Yang and others, of course, to Normandy. So now Yang is like, what the fuck? Here I am, manning a bunker at fucking Utah Beach during D-Day. How the hell did I end up here? What the fuck? So soon after D-Day, Yang is captured by American paratroopers 
but nobody is able to communicate with him because he doesn't speak any European languages because he's Korean. Right. So he's eventually sent to a prisoner uh, camp in Britain, even though the Allies can't really figure out who he is or where he's from or how the hell he ended up at Utah Beach. God damn. Eventually, Yang was released. He... After the the war ended, he became a U.S. citizen and moved to our very own state of Illinois, oh, where man. he lived until 1992, uh, and then he and then he he died of of old age, I believe. Okay. Uh, again, there's some controversy about this story, but most people seem to accept it. There's also a Korean film made about this story called My Way, which I kind of want to see now. So, just to recap, real quick. We'll do it my way. Perfect. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> so, so just to recap the story, Yang was a K- Korean who traveled to China, was forced to join the Japanese army to fight against the Russians in Mongolia, was captured by the Russians and sent to Siberia, was forced to fight for the Russians against the Germans in Ukraine, was captured by the Germans and forced to fight the Russians, was eventually sent to France to fight against the Americans, was captured by the Americans and sent to Britain, and then eventually was released and settled down in Illinois. <laughs> What a tale. What a journey. That's the longest way you can take to get to Illinois. And why? (laughs) I don't know. It only got worse for him. (laughs) That is so strange to think. I mean, to think of a Korean in, like, like fighting against the Soviets for the Japanese is weird enough. But then seeing him fight for the Soviets against the German army. Yeah. Like, you just imagine a, a Korean kid, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, carrying all these various weapons, wearing all of these uniforms. Yeah. And, holy shit, ended up on Utah Beach? Like, <laughs> can you imagine, like, watching Saving Private Ryan, and it's like all these Germans with their MG42, mm-hmm. and then the camera just pans over, and there's this Korean guy with a machine gun? What the fuck <laughs> is going on here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he's... I think he remains technically the only person that we know of, of course, who fought for three sides during World War II. God damn. There, there are some other interesting stories like this. Uh, I have a few more honorable mentions of just, like, crazy guys who had the worst luck ever. Wow. Uh, poor Yang. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> I love it. It's too bad there's not enough about him to cover him for a full episode. There, There's this one picture of him... Um, and they think it's of him, but again, like, no one really paid any attention to this guy, because he was, like, a, a 3D prisoner of war. <laughs> no one cared about him, but there's this, this picture of him in a German uniform after being captured by the Americans, I think. And he just looks so sad. Oh. He's just like, I miss home. <laughs> Why am I here? I don't understand anybody. No one understands me. <laughs> now that's a picture. That's a picture of a of a basic dude getting swallowed up by the modern world. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, I just wanted to do my thing, and then like, <laughs> my whole life is now defined by things that other people were fighting about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a good picture of World War II. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's so broad and disgusting and sad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that was the uh, like the unluckiest guy I had in this group. But the, the person I have for last, 
and you're gonna love the story, but you could you could call him the luckiest person in history. Uh, but we'll get to him later. Okay. Uh, why don't you segue us into some of your delightful dishes? Okay, so James, let's go back around the world! Oh, oh right. So we've got China, Britain, and America, I believe? Uh, yes. Alright. Let's go to- let's go to the land of Britain! Oh. Britain! Perfecto! <laughs> <laughs> Was that the cat? That sounded like the cat. No, the cat left. I, I don't know where he's up to. <laughs> I don't want to know. No. Where he's licking himself. Mm, 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 mm. Oh. No thanks. <laughs> Nope. Oh, all right. All right. I mean, so, he could be in the corner. He could be on a couch. He could be uh, in the bathroom. On my pillow. On my toothbrush. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, Britain, the land of the Brits. Yes, this is the land of Britain. Welcome, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So let's Why go not? back to a time when Britain had culture. Oh. <laughs> 2004? Yeah, basically. Mm. No, we're actually going to go back to, I believe... What, yeah, I don't actually know. 1918. Mm-hmm. When oh, Britain no. had culture. <laughs> <laughs> right, right after losing many of their brave boys. Yep. Okay, oh, so dear. this is this is, this is is a story entitled The Tale of Johnny Town Mouse. <laughs> and it's a story written by Beatrix Potter. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Uh, and this is dedicated to... Why don't you get... You can guess this. Who's this dedicated to? It's so easy. The dead of World War One. No. <laughs> no. It's dedicated to somebody known as Aesop in the Shadows. Oh. Oh, yeah. shit. It was easy. It was just that raw Italian-Greek-American who we talked about earlier. Right. Yes. <laughs> Italian-American. Aesop was an Italian-American. He was. <laughs> he was conscripted to fight in Italy as a translator or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so here's how the story goes. All right. <clears throat> I'm ready. Gather round, little children. We're going to read a tale about Johnny Town Mouse. <laughs> okay, so sorry. you beat your children and then you read them <laughs> the tale of... The British mouse thing. This horrible joke just keeps going. Back. I'm just, tr I'm just trying to understand. It. <laughs> hey, same time period. So there you go. Oh. Um. All right. That's so <clears throat> here we go. Johnny Town Mouse was born in a cupboard. Timmy Willie was born in a garden. Mm -hmm. Timmy Willie was a little country mouse who went to town by mistake in a hamper. Mm. The gardener sent vegetables to town once a week by carrier, and he packed them in a big hamper. Mm. The gardener left the hamper by the garden gate so that the carrier could pick it up when he passed. Timmy Willie crept in through a hole in the wickerwork, and oh. after eating some peas, Timmy Willie fell asleep. Now let's stop here and review. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd like you to make I a prediction <laughs> about where this story's going to go next. Well, Country Mouse is going to meet City Mouse... Did you right. ever watch those movies? Uh, yeah. Country ones? Mouse and City Mouse. No. Anyway, uh, Country Mouse is going to meet City Mouse. They're going to start a revolution against what? the Rat King. Oh. And then they'll marry? <laughs> <laughs> All stories like that have happy endings, so there mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. All right, so he ate some peas and he fell asleep. Uh-huh. 
And then he awoke in a fright while the hamper was being lifted into the carrier's cart. Mm. Then there was a jolting and a clattering of horses' feet. Other packages were thrown in for miles and miles. Jolt, jolt, jolt. And Timmy Willie trembled among the jumbled up vegetables. Poor Timmy Willie. I tremble when vegetables are placed before me, too. Uh, yep. <laughs> but my grandfather did pass on eventually. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> at last, the cart stopped at a house where the hamper was taken out, carried in, and set down. The mm -hmm. cook gave the carrier sixpence, the back door banged, and the cart rumbled away. But there was no quiet. There seemed to be hundreds of carts passing by. Mm. Dogs barked, boys whistled in the street. The cook laughed, damn it. The parlor maid ran up and down the stairs. Mm. And a canary sang like a steam engine. Oh, Timmy Willie. Yep. <laughs> it's like this most annoying city on the planet. Yeah, seriously. So Timmy Willie, who had lived all his life in a garden, was almost frightened to death. Presently, the cook opened the hamper and began to unpack the vegetables. Oh, oh no. Out sprang the terrified Timmy Willie. So up jumped the cook on a chair, exclaiming, A mouse! A mouse! Call the cat! Fetch the poker, Sarah! Oh. Timmy Willie did not wait for Sarah with the poker. That's never <laughs> wait for Sarah with the poker. No, you don't want to wait never. for Sarah with the poker. No. No. <laughs> She will just crush your ass. She's so good at poker, you won't even believe it. Uh, yep. <laughs> You're gonna walk away poor. Anyway, so Timmy Willie uh, rushed around along the skirting board till he came to a little hole, and in he popped! Hmm. Yeah. So, by the way, did I ever tell you that um, in America we show up, but in Britain they pop? They pop out, they pop in, they pop by. <laughs> well, I know they pop when you put them in the microwave for a while. Because I right. did that to a British friend of mine, and he definitely popped. Well, but, you know, so microwaving a, fro a, a fried piece of fish is not the same as microwaving a Brit. I know they're the, basically the same thing, but it's They not taste the same. <laughs> so, well, I don't really know the difference. Well, okay. So, <clears throat> he dropped in half a foot. Mm -hmm. So he, he popped in and dropped in. Mm -hmm. uh, and crashed in the middle of a mouse dinner party, oh. breaking three glasses. Oh, Who asshole. in the world is this? Inquired Johnny Town Mouse. So Johnny Town Mouse is hosting this party. He's yeah. he's awesome. But after the first exclamation <laughs> of surprise, <laughs> he is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's having a little party. He's, I mean, he's a fucking mouse having a party, and there's all these. Yeah. He's got all these mouse friends over, and you know they're drinking wine and chilling, kicking mm -hmm. back. Yeah. And then, and then this hick just bursts in, <laughs> exactly destroys three wine glasses. All yep. right. This bumpkin just falls from the sky. What happens um, next? After the first exclamation of surprise, Johnny Town Mouse instantly recovered his manners. With the utmost politeness, he introduced Timmy Willie to nine other mice, all with long tails and white neckties. Hmm. Timmy Willie's own tail was insignificant. Oh. Johnny Townmouse and his friends actually noticed it. Oh. Uh, but they were too well-bred to make personal remarks. Only hmm. one of them asked Timmy Willie if he had ever been in a trap. Oh. But we don't know. We just know that uh, Timmy Willie is having some... Having some willy problems. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if there's is, any That's not the end, is it? No. 
Oh. <laughs> no, we've got we've got like a million pages left. All right. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I'm just kidding. All right, it's it's close. All right. <clears throat> Uh, what's funny is that the text document is like super long, but the story is only like a little, little long. Mm. Like Timmy Willie's tale. <laughs> <laughs> so the dinner was of eight courses, not much of anything, but truly elegant. Mm. All the dishes were unknown to Timmy Willie, who would have been afraid, of, a little afraid of tasting them, only he was very hungry and also very anxious to behave with company manners. Sure. The continual noise upstairs made him so nervous that he dropped the plate. What a what a fumbling idiot. Uh, he was so scared by the noise upstairs that he broke his fucking plate. Yeah. Um, but of course, Johnny is to the rescue. Oh, good. Johnny Townmouse says, never mind, they don't belong to us. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny's a fucking thief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Right. They're having dessert. Um... And But the dessert comes late, hmm. because those who were delivering the dessert were being chased by a cat. Oh, man, it's just, it's horrible being a mess. Yeah, yep. Johnny Townmouth, or uh, Timmy Willie was, like, really upset about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, his appetite failed, and he felt faint. Try some jelly, said Johnny Townmouse. No, would you rather go to bed? I will show you the most comfortable sofa pillow. Yes, so now, now Timmy Willie's going to bed. All right. Are you following? Are, oh, you oh, oh, I'm following. I'm totally invested. I'm picturing myself as the little mouse. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just a camouflage baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So they're showing him to the pillow, and it's the best pillow. However, the sofa pillow had a hole in it. Johnny oh. Town Mouse quite honestly recommended it as the best bed, kept exclusively for visitors. But the sofa smelt of cat. Oh. Timmy Willie preferred to spend a miserable night under the fender. Oh. And then the next day they had breakfast, and uh, all the the town mice were accustomed to eat bacon. But (laughs) Timmy Willie had been reared on roots and salad. Oh, ugh. And Johnny Townmouse and his friends racketed about under the floors and came boldly out all over the house in the evening. So these are, it's basically like jackass, this the is mouse. college, yeah. Detective <laughs> or something. <laughs> so uh, they're all like just playing around and they're eating a lot of jam and sugar and <laughs> being chased by the cat. And Timmy Willie's like, oh my, my my country breeding is is at odds with the city. So it's like, you know, babe, big in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> So Timmy Willie longed to be at home in his peaceful nest in a sunny bank. The food disagreed with him. The noise prevented him from sleeping. In a few days, he grew so thin that Johnny Townmouse noticed it and questioned him. Mm. He's like, all right, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You're getting a little skinny, and I gotta know why. Um, and Timmy Willie just tells him about his garden. Oh, my, my home in the Shire, where we ate roots and berries and weren't chased by cats. Um... And uh, Johnny Townmouse says, it sounds rather a dull place. What do you do when it rains? And then uh. Timmy Willie says, when it rains, I sit in my little sandy burrow in shell corn uh. and seeds from the autumn store. I peep at the throstles and blackbirds on the lawn and my friend Cock Robin. And when the sun comes <laughs> out again... <laughs> I don't know what any of these words mean, and I don't want to know what cock robin means. 
Uh, you know exactly what it means. Cock Robin. <laughs> and when the sun comes out again, you should see my garden and the flowers, roses and pinks and pansies, no noise except the birds and bees and the lambs in the meadow. Mm. There goes that cat again, exclaimed Johnny Townmouse. <laughs> what an ass. Just yeah. interrupts the story. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, basically, Timmy Willie's like, I want to go home. Yeah. And Johnny Townmouse is like, it may be that your teeth and digestion are unaccustomed to our food. Perhaps it might be wiser for you to return in the hamper. Oh? Oh! Cried Timmy Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Why, of course, for that matter of the, uh, for the matter of that, we could have sent you back last week," said Johnny rather huffily. "Did uh. you not know that the hamper goes back empty on Saturdays?" <laughs> what a jackass! Yeah, seriously, where is this little mouse? Timmy Willie doesn't know how to use public transportation because he's never lived in this city. Yeah, seriously. So Johnny Townmouse is being kind of a douchebag for not helping him out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So Timmy Willie said goodbye to his friends and hid in the hamper with a crumb of cake and a withered cabbage leaf. Hmm. And after much jolting, he was set down safely in his garden. Johnny Townmouse had half promised a visit. Uh, and then he does show up a oh. year later. <laughs> All right. And he brings pudding and shit. Um, wow. And of course, uh, Johnny Townmouse sees the cow and he's like, that thing's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see where this is going. Uh-oh, it's like it's like it's like the parent trap or some shit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but the original. Yeah. Um but anyway, so the moral of the story is that one place suits one person, another place suits another person, and both have their terrors. And yes, and according to Beatrix Potter, for my part, she says, I prefer to live in the country like Timmy Willie. Mm. Yeah, even though you get stepped on by a cow, yep. at least you don't have to eat pudding with a bunch of spoiled frat boys. <laughs> frat mice. Frat mice, yeah. Well, that's our trip to Britain. That, that was accurate. <laughs> it's a piece of literature from 1918. That is my excuse. Uh, I've been to Britain. It's about, it's about that. Yep. Yeah. Though I, I will say, I will say, my favorite thing about it is the sort of romanticization of the countryside. I didn't read all of it, obviously. I skipped mm -hmm. around a little bit. Um, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit into that shit. I gotta love, I love my Emerson, love my Chesterton, gotta love my Thoreau, all that shit. Where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, the country was so beautiful and it's so simple. And you know, I live in a city, so I grass is always greener. Uh, but right. at least there's grass out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. You have a different type of grass there. No, oh, definitely. It's Austin, baby. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was a good trip. That, that was a good trip. Well, I'm ready to take the next trip into your, your next honorable mention. All right. Well, if you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. And this, you're going to love this. It's okay, also. But ho hold up. Hold, hold up. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. All right. Stay here. It's going to take me two seconds. Don't even mark it. I'm just going to go grab another cup of coffee, all right? No, shut up. Shut up. Keep the listeners entertained. I'm going to get All right, you guys want to hear an embarrassing story about Aaron? Ah, god damn it. Oh, damn it. Um, 
I'll tell it anyway. Oh, he can still hear me. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to tell it anyway. So one time, when Aaron and I were roommates, he, he, was, he was taking a shower, and the fire alarm went off. And he didn't, he didn't react. He was still in the shower. And I was like, dude, we gotta evacuate. So I opened the door and, uh, I told him, come on, there's a fire alarm. You gotta get, you gotta stop taking a shower and you gotta come out. And he just looked at me like a deer in the headlights. He was wearing all of his clothing underneath the water and the entire bathtub was full of gummy bears like just just oh it was two feet up just gummy bear and a gummy bear ocean and i i'm like where the fuck did you get these gummy bears what the hell are you doing there's a fire and he just looked at me all was silent and he said i like to wiggle my toes with the gummy bears in between them jesus christ and i i was like all right you do you, man. And so then the fire burnt down our apartment. And that's the last time I saw Aaron. I don't know who I'm talking to now. Uh, you're talking to me now. I'm back. I'm back by my mic. Oh, all right. And I've got I've got a little snack and you're coffee. Done. So just bear with me as I knead my peanut butter pack. <laughs> it sounds dis... Is that all you're doing over there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like okay, keep so your mom, gummy bears to yourself, sir. My, my mom gave me this snack that I've never seen in my. She, I think she just bought it out of curiosity and then passed it along to me. Sure. Um, but it's like a little pouch of peanut butter. That <laughs> it is like so gross. <laughs> it's all natural. <laughs> oh no! I know it's all natural. That was never in question. <laughs> Should I stop? <laughs> it's up to you. I, I I'm almost done needing it. Okay, I'm almost done. <laughs> Jeez. Have delicious. You know what no. this peanut butter's called? No, you. You know what it's what? called? What? Smooth operator. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like the one-handed salute or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh God. That's what it sounds like. Well, uh. okay. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try this try this out this food on the air. Um, mm-hmm. This is now a food review channel. Uh-huh. It's oh, almost sure. ready. It's almost ready. Okay, I think it's good. I think it's good. We're gonna pop this baby open. Oh Jesus! No hiss. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. That's good. If there is a hiss, you should definitely see a doctor. Oh my God! What the fuck? What? I just took a little taste of it. Oh no! I never do that. <laughs> How was it? That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a shame. <laughs> what a waste! It's too much. This is too much for me. Yep. <laughs> Oh shit, I set it down and it's oozing all over my desk. Oh. Uh alright. Hey, where where were we? <laughs> we were talking about something important, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Your last uh, honorable mention? Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. All right, yeah. So last honorable mention. A man by the name of Timothy Dexter. Are you ready? Sorry, for eating peanut butter. Timothy Dexter's life. <laughs> yep, just take it away. Go ahead. <laughs> so Timothy was born in Massachusetts in ni- uh, 19... No, in 1747. Mm. And he grew up, blah, 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 and then married a rich widow. So now he had a fortune. That's the great story. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. No, no, there's many, much more to this. Was she, like, way older than him? Is that, is it one of I those I think stories? so, yeah. Okay. I, I think it's one of those stories. Um, but she, she's got a, just a, a shit ton of money. Scott Adams. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So many of his friends and a lot of the people in the area, they, they resent him for this because apparently he wasn't the smartest guy. And suddenly now he's super rich just because he married into the he married the right gal right right because of this uh timothy well well timothy wants to start this whole business adventure uh now that he has money and his friends and the people in the city are like oh oh he's stupid and he wants to do this business stuff and we hate him we should give him really bad advice ah uh, good have friends. you heard have you heard this story no Okay, so, d- meanwhile, it, <laughs> sorry, I lost my spot. Meanwhile, the Revolutionary War in America is happening. Moment of silence. Okay, so the Revolutionary War is happening. <laughs> and in that time, I just popped in a piece of Nicorette. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> good, good, good way to honor, honor the fallen. So, <laughs> So, uh, the Revolutionary War is happening. America's trying to get on its feet, and through this journey, they are trying different kinds of currencies, trying to find the, the type of money that works the best. One of these uh, forms of currencies was called the Continental Currency. Oh. But then America kind of just stopped with it and went on to the next best form of currency, because that didn't work out for some reason. But that doesn't stop our boy Timothy from buying a shit ton of now depreciated, worthless continental oh. currency. Oh. So he buys a ton of this money, and then America decides, actually, yeah, we will still honor continental currency. Oh. So Timothy makes this huge profit off of this stupid mistake or maybe it wasn't stupid maybe he predicted it i don't know but he he beats his friends because his friends were like oh yeah you should you should invest in continental currency it's worthless (laughs) but with this newfound wealth he decides to build two ships and start his own trading company to go about the world Mm. but here's the thing (laughs) oh no Timothy sent the stupidest things to trade around the world. Oh, Either God. because he was he was actually stupid or he was <laughs> confused or maybe he was a secret genius, I don't know. But his competitors and his friends are always like telling him as jokes like, "Dude, you should ship this thing to this place." And Oh, it'll be horrible. oh. This reminds me of Colonel Norton or whatever. Admiral oh, Norton. Yeah. With his rice investment? Yeah. Yeah, and how it, like, literally, he got completely fucked over. It is. It's like that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, I just, my computer's 
momentarily crashed. Yeah, anyway, there we go. So Emperor Norton is is very similar. Okay. So <laughs> he begins by his friends are like, you know what you should do? <laughs> you you should buy some warming pans and uh-huh. uh, and send them, you know, just wherever you think is best. Now, warming pans were were used to hold hot coals to warm bed sheets in the winter. Right. Kind of makes oh. sense. Like you don't yeah. want to get in a cold bed. Right. Yeah. So it, it it was a thing that people in Boston often did send to England where you know they have winters. Right. But no, that's not what Timothy does. <laughs> he buys these warming pans and sends them to the West Indies, oh. where it's never cold. <laughs> I, but I, I don't. I mean, I don't see how he could have predicted that that wouldn't work. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> well, his friends stupid. told him, yeah. But so the captain of the ship is like, "Oh my god, what am I supposed to do with these?" But he gets to the, to the West Indies, and it just turns out that there's this local molasses industry there, and they really need ladles to like pick up the the hot molasses. Oh! And this captain's got a boatload of of these warming pans, so he sells the warming pans and makes a huge profit. <laughs> So it does, works does out the for Timothy. Does the captain see any of this? I mean, does he get a cut? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's getting paid by Timothy. But okay. Timothy's back home, and he's like, "Oh, it worked out just like I planned." And his friends and competitors are are all angry. So they tell him, "Okay, well, you you know what you should do? You should sell wool mittens to the West Indies as well." <laughs> <laughs> so he does. He loads a ship full of woolen mittens and sends them off to the West Indies. Okay, let me guess. Mm-hmm. They're going to buy the wool mittens so they can hold the warming pans. <laughs> oh, that's a good guess. No, um, different. Okay. It's, so the captain arrives to the West Indies. He's got all these woolen mittens. And right. it just so happens that there are some merchants from Siberia <laughs> happen to be in the West Indies. So they're like, hell yeah, wool mittens. And they buy all the wool mittens <laughs> to take back home. And Timothy turns another huge profit. Oh, shit. <laughs> so so people at this point are really starting to get pissed off at Timothy because of his success. Well, so, hang on, hang on. Yeah. So he's, he married into wealth, sure. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's doing some shit with it. He's not just like sitting around, you know. Yeah, but it's against all, it's just luck, it seems. Like, these merchants could very well have not been in the West Indies. That is true. That is true. Like, but at least he's doing something. Oh, I suppose so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he actually loses quite a bit of friends, because they're all angry at him. So now they, they tell him, okay, Timothy, you should ship coal to Newcastle. Now, okay. that doesn't mean much to us now, but uh, let me explain the context. At this point, Newcastle was a city in England that basically survived 100% on its coal exportation. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, and there was this phrase in England and America, this kind of joke that was, well, why don't you sell coal to Newcastle? Which is kind of just like, a, well, why don't you go fuck yourself? Because <laughs> no one's going to buy coal in Newcastle. <laughs> So they tell, they tell Timothy just to go sell coal in Newcastle, and he's like, sounds good to me. <laughs> so he loads up one of his boats full of coal and decides to do that idiotic thing of shipping coal to Newcastle. This is like selling oil to the UAE. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
Now, it just so happens that when oh, his God. ship arrives full of coal, at the same time, the miners of Newcastle had been on strike for a while and there was no coal. So Timothy's boat of coal is sold for a fortune against all odds. <laughs> oh my god. You, this is the end of the story, right? This is the last crazy news. Nope. It's god keep damn it. <laughs> Next, he was jokingly told to send warm, expensive gloves to the South Sea Islands, which are again tropical islands. So he does that. Oh, and look, it so happens that there's some Portuguese boat there on their way to the cold areas of China. So they happily buy the gloves, and Tim turns a profit. God. So people are basically, okay, what the actual fuck at this point? Well, okay. Mm -hmm. I think he's reached the point where if you hate him, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're like, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, we hate this guy so much. Let's, let's, let's get him to make bad deals. Right. And so he tries to, he tries to make these deals and they end up being great deals. And it's like, at a certain point, you gotta be like, you gotta step back and be like, fuck, okay. He's actually doing a pretty good job, and I, I kind of like him, right? Oh, yeah. But do these people still hate him? Yes. Oh, they, well, they do. And they, they think to themselves, so why is he, he meeting the success? And they, they come to the conclusion that, well, regardless of where he ships it, the stuff that he ships is worth something. Like the coal or the, the woolen mittens. Like, they're, they're valuable items. What if we told him to ship worthless items oh, then there's no. no way that this can this can work out in his favor so they they go to timothy and they say you know what you should do you should load your boats full of stray cats and bibles <laughs> and send these boats to the caribbean because you know most people there aren't really christian and they can't read so the bibles are basically worthless and stray cats are just a nuisance right so Timothy does this. He loads oh up his boat God. with Bibles and stray cats and ships okay, them Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many stray cats? Six billion. Okay. Well, we gotta assume it's a lot, because it's a full shipment, right? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of cats. So I'm imagining this, like, first of all, I'm imagining, like, his people going through the streets, like, capturing stray cats, <laughs> putting them in little wooden cages, and then I'm just imagining a boatload of, like, wooden cages filled with stray cats. Seasick. one on top of the other. <laughs> just a nightmare. Give that, give that crew a raise. <laughs> Oh, so we know the Pickles origin story now. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the ship goes off to the Caribbean, and it lands. And it turns out that the missionaries here, they really, really need Bibles. So okay. they happily buy the, uh, the Bibles. And at the same time, the islands are infested with hordes of rats. Oh, my so God. So the locals happily buy the stray cats. <laughs> That's a and miracle. And he turns a giant prophet. I know. <laughs> of course this, he does. This man is a, a messiah. <laughs> all, uh, I is, all I can see is that picture I sent you for, from the tract. Uh, you remember the chick tracts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like the the people, the Pharisees hated Jesus because he would, because he told the truth or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, uh, this other time, he ac accidentally bought just a shit ton of whale bones on accident. <laughs> By accident? <laughs> yep. Uh, but then it was discovered that whale bones are actu actually an excellent material to make corsets out of, and corsets are all the rage. Right. Oh, my so God. So he makes a shit ton of money again. 
Uh, in his later years, Timothy kind of went crazy, maybe? I don't know. Uh, okay. He, he told everybody that his wife was dead, even though she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, dude, who's the woman in your house? And she's like, that's my wife's ghost. <laughs> oh, man. So that went on for a while. It's then my he... other wife. <laughs> yeah. Then he faked his own death to see how many people would attend his mock wake. <laughs> 3,000 people, would... people attended. <laughs> but, but there's a problem. Okay. Uh, his wife isn't crying at the funeral. Oh, oh. So he, he busts out from like the sidelines. He's like, this whole thing was a hoax and you're not crying enough. So he goes home and he beats his wife. What the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Taking a page from George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. He also used all of his wealth to uh, buy this huge estate with minarets, a mausoleum for himself, and a giant garden with 40 wooden statues of various famous men. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he also had a statue of himself, of course, which had the inscription that read, I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. <laughs> really? Uh -huh. Oh my God. Did he ever write a philosophy book? He, he did write a book. Okay. <laughs> it's called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones or Plain Truth in a Homespun Dress. <laughs> And the book. I can't even tell what that would be about. <laughs> no, the book is just one e e eternal run-on sentence. There's no punctuation. Really weird grammar and random capitalization, like in the weirdest places. And all it is is it just him complaining and ranting about politicians, clergy, and his wife. <laughs> and his uh, poor wife. I know. And he was often found uh, out in the streets handing out this book for free. And it's become kind of... It's become a, a, a cult classic. In a way, it's been reprinted eight times, and it's what? still read. <laughs> I want to get it. We, we need to read it on the show. As I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, but he eventually died uh, aged 59 in 1806. <laughs> <laughs> died at 59. Yeah. Uh, insult to injury. Wow. Of course yeah, it was so, 1906 or whatever. 1806? I don't remember. I closed with the document. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I knew you it's, would. Yeah. It's too bad, really, that we can't, couldn't have a full episode on that guy. I know. There's just, there wasn't quite enough, but maybe, maybe we'll return to him. <laughs> well, Okay. <clears throat> I would like want to travel the world, but first I have to take a break. Okay. Do you want to pause it or should we just, should we just wait? Uh, let's just keep it rolling. You entertain the listeners. All right. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Well, everybody, James is gone. And I, I have no words for you. I have no... I have no Q-tips for you. <laughs> Hello. Hello! So I made a terrible mistake. Oh no, what did you do? No, it's not terrible. Um, it is terrible. I muted my 
microphone, but I did not stop my recording. And then I went to the bathroom and peed with the door open. So you'll probably have <laughs> audio of the fountain of youth in my bathroom. No, wait, you muted your microphone, though. Well, no, I muted the call. Oh! <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. Mark for I... piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Welcome back. <laughs> so, how did, how did your your talk I just go? browsed memes. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two places left to go. Yes. And we're only gonna go to one of them. Oh. Yeah. So you have to pick between China and North America. Well, I live in North America, so I'm gonna pick China. Oh. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, don't they have like a wall or something? Oh shit, I'm bumping my mic like crazy. Yeah, I think they have a, I think they have a wall. I'm not sure. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Is that All where right. you picked it? Because they have a wall? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me just find this. Boop-de-boo. Boop-de-boo. Oh Hold on, sorry. I'm just scrolling through the document. Don't mind me. Uh, were you beaten as a child? <laughs> I will not answer that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Why can't I find this? Sorry, I'm being boring. Uh, okay, we're not going to China. We're going to North America. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. That's fine. I couldn't, That's fine. I couldn't find the section I was looking for. Okay, okay so <clears throat> we're going to go and talk about the tribe called the Blackfeet. Oh. Oh, all right. Yeah. And we're going to read. The Native American tribe. That's right. The Native American tribe known as the Blackfeet. All right. Mm -hmm. And this is a book. Uh, as that is a record of various legends and myths uh, wow. and the Blackfeet culture. Hmm. Uh, and this is kind of long, so I might skip around a little bit. Sure, sure. But it's the Blackfeet creation myth. Oh, interesting. Yes. and uh, I've I not heard I, this. Yes, I thought this would be interesting to, to investigate, to look at, uh, because I love creation myths. It, they are awesome. And it's it's interesting how much they all seem to have in common. Mm. Mm. Uh. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that it's true, but I am saying that it's true. Well, and we all know that it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you heard that growing up, didn't you? I heard that growing up. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my God. Okay, mm. that's a fun one. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the uh, this is the the Blackfeet creation myth. All right. And this is how they tell of the creation. <clears throat> In the beginning, there was water everywhere, and sure. nothing else was to be seen. Mm. There was something floating on the water, and it was a raft. And on this raft were old man and all the animals. Uh, oh, interesting. Mm. So sound a little bit uh sound a little bit like Utapishtim, isn't it? A little bit like uh Noah. A little bit like Noah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so interesting, interesting to know. All right. Uh, so yeah, he's on this raft with all the animals. So it's a pretty big raft. Uh, that, that is, that's, that's a floating city. That's an aircraft carrier. <laughs> it's just Zootopia out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so old man, it's not the old man, it's old man in all caps. Yes. Old man wished to make land and he told the beaver to dive down to the bottom of the water and try to bring up a little mud. Hmm. The beaver dived and was under the water for a long time, but he could not reach the bottom. Oh, jeez. Then the loon tried, and after him the otter, but the water was too deep for them. Hmm. At last the muskrat was sent down, and he was gone for a long time, so long that they thought he must be drowned. But at last he came up and floated almost dead, and when they pulled him up on the raft and looked at his paws, they found a little mud on them. Oh, he touched the bottom. Little muskrat. Ah, he did. Those little paws. Gave it a high five and then drowned almost. <laughs> so when old man had dried this mud, he scattered it over the water and land was formed. Wow. This is the story told by the Blackfeet. It is much like the one told by some Eastern Indians, as it says in the book, who are related to the Blackfeet. Mm-hmm. Um, after the land had been made, old man traveled about on it, making things and fixing up the earth so as to suit him. First, he marked out places where he wished the rivers to run, sometimes making them run smoothly, and again, in some places, putting falls on them. Sure. He made the mountains and the prairie, the timber and the small trees and bushes, and sometimes he carried along with him a lot of rocks, from which he built some of the mountains, as the sweet grass hills, which stands out on the prairie by themselves. Old man caused the grass to grow on the plains so that the animals might have something to feed on. Because to this point, I think they were just eating, like, airline peanuts. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's I tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have flown southwest. <laughs> So uh, he marked off certain pieces of land where he caused different kinds of roots and berries to grow. A place for commas. Commas? 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 Commies? No, there's no place for commies. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Not not yet, anyway. (laughs) Every time we give them a shot, they just fuck it up. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, place for the, for commas, one for wild carrots, one for wild turnips, sweet root and bitter root, one for service berries, bulberries, cherries, plums, and rosebuds. Hmm. Cute. And you know Rose how I said he had all buds. the animals? What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Rosebud. All right, all right, you get that one for free. But you know how I said he had all the animals with him on the raft? Yeah. Okay, he decided that wasn't enough. All right. Uh, he made all kinds of animals that travel on the ground. Huh. Uh, yeah. So when he made, and then he made the uh, uh, big horn and its great horns. He put them out on the prairie. Right. Uh, he did not seem to travel easily there. It was awkward and could not go through fast. Huh. Could not go fast. So he took it by one of its horns and led it up to the rough hills and among the rocks and let it go there. And it skipped about among the cliffs and easily went up the fearful places. Hmm. Sure. So old man said to the bighorn, this is the place for you. This is what you are fitted for, the rough country and the mountains. Hmm. And while he was in the mountains, he also made the antelope and turned it loose to see how it traveled. The antelope ran so fast that it fell over some of the rocks and hurt itself. Oh, God. Now, the old man saw that this would not do and took the antelope down to the prairie and set it free there. And it ran away fast and gracefully. And he said to it, this is the place that suits you. There we go. All right. So God's, God's got 
you know, he's working on it. You know, he's like, all right, let's see how you do in the hills. And you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a few antelope legs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you put that egg uh, where it belongs, on the prairie. One yep. egg on the prairie. <laughs> Just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> At last, one day, old man decided that he would make a woman and a child, mm. and he modeled some clay in human shape, and after he had seen these, sh- made these shapes, he put them on the ground. God needs to get out more, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. I'm lonely at my apartment. I just get some clay, make a little person, set it on the ground. And... Make a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you shall worship me, the Lord thy God. <laughs> yeah, I knew it's you like did that... something. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, you ever see that creepy animation with Mark Twain or whatever? No. You've never seen the, uh, what's it called? The Angel or something like that? No. Where Mark Twain has, like, a mirror and he's got these kids in his apartment or whatever and it's this mirror, like, travels through time or something. Huh. And he goes to this one place called, uh, what's it called? It's like Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, so he takes him to Baltimore, and it's just oh, this floating shit. island in space, and on oh. it is this demonic creature um, that, like, instead of having a head, it holds a mask up in front oh. of this empty space in front of its face. I don't like that. And the kids go, I, I put I put this sketch at the end of an episode. Um, I put a, a sound clip from it. The kids oh. go, the kids go, what are you? And they go, uh, he goes, an angel. <laughs> and they go, what's your name? And he just says, Satan. <laughs> and then he makes all these clay people on his little island and brings them to life and then oh. causes all these disasters to come oh. in. And It's really fucking creepy. I so highly recommend Baltimore. watching it. Yeah, it's Baltimore. <laughs> okay. So anyway, God makes a woman and a child. Mm. And he says to the clay, you shall be people. And he spread his robe over the clay figures and went away. And the next morning, he went back to the place and lifted up the robe and saw that the clay shapes had changed a little. Oh. When he looked up at the next, when he looked at them the next morning, they had changed still more. And when on the fourth day he went to the place and took off the covering, he said to the images, "Stand up and walk." And they did so. Oh wow! They walked down to the river with him who with, who had made them, and he told them his name. Hmm. As they were standing there looking at the water as it flowed by, the old woman said, "Asked old man, saying." How is it? Shall we live always? Will there be no end to us? Old man said... It's like, you're gonna die, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbass bitch, you're gonna die. (laughs) So old man said... That's how I always picture God, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) So it gets better. So Uh she asks God, you know, are we always gonna live? And he (laughs) says, old man said... I have not thought of that. (laughs) So we must decide it. I will take this buffalo chip, which if you don't know, (laughs) is solidified buffalo shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Used as fuel for fire and shit like that. Also known as Cool Ranch Doritos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will take this buffalo chip and throw it in the water. If it floats, people will become alive again four days after they have died. They will die for only four days. But if it sinks, there will be an end to them. Oh, no. So he throws the chip into the river, and it floats. Yeah. So people are going to die and come back after four days. Okay. 
The woman turned and picked up a stone and said, no, I will throw this stone in the river. <laughs> if it floats, we shall live always. If it sinks, people must die so that their friends who are left alive may always remember them. Mm. The woman threw the stone on the water and it sank. Oh. <laughs> so we're blaming women for death again. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's not native to the Eastern religion. Okay, well, uh, yeah. So beat your children and blame women for death. <laughs> I, you heard it here oh. first. <laughs> wow. So God says, "Well, <laughs> you have chosen. There will be an end to them." <laughs> And then not many nights after that, the woman's child died. Oh, no. Yeah, so the story gets better. Um, and she cried a great deal for it. She said to the old man, let us change this, the law that you first made. Let that be the law. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, not so. What is made law must be law. What will undo? We will undo nothing that we have done. The child is dead and it cannot be changed. People will have to die. <laughs> oh, all right, and here, here's some other interesting shit. All right, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so the well, people... that brings our show to an end. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> It'll die and come back in four days. Oh yeah, yeah. So these first people did not actually have hands like a person. Sure. They had hands like a bear with long claws. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and they were poor and naked and not and did not know how to get a living. Mm-hmm. So the old man showed them the roots and the berries and showed them how to gather these and told them how to, uh, how at certain times of the year they should peel off the bark of some trees and eat it. Uh, and that the delicious. little animals that... what Yeah, delicious. <laughs> Just a little salt so, and pepper. Okay. What? Let, let me get this straight. <laughs> Real quick. So humans are birthed because God dumps his laundry on some clay. <laughs> yeah. Then he's like, you're gonna die, but here's some bark while you're living. <laughs> I mean, that's basically real life. I, it's not, it's accurate. That's, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> yup. So, uh, uh, he, uh, tells him about the bark and he tells him about the little animals that live in the ground, rats, squirrels, skunks, and beavers, and mm -hmm. that they're all good to eat. And he also taught them something about the roots that were good for medicine to cure sickness. Oh, nice. Because he made sickness, and he's got to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> in, those right. days, in those days, there were buffalo, and these black animals were armed, for they had long horns. Mm. Uh, once, as the people were moving about, the buffalo saw them and rushed them upon them and hooked them and killed them and ate them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, the buffalo aren't fucking around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are uh, some angry bison. Uh, yeah. One day as the creator had tra uh, was traveling about, he came upon some of his children that he had made, lying there dead, torn to pieces, and partly eaten by the buffalo. Oh. And when he saw this, he felt badly. He said, <laughs> he said, I have not made these people right. <laughs> the beta version isn't working. <laughs> yep. He says, I will change this. From now on, the people shall eat the buffalo. <laughs> there we go. So he went to some of the people who were still alive and said to them, how is it that you people do nothing to these animals that are killing you? <laughs> and the people replied, what can we do? These animals are armed and can oh, kill us. Oh, he's going to become their arms dealer, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Turn a great profit. 
<laughs> so they said they're armed and we'd have no way to kill them. So the creator said, that is not hard. I will make you something that will kill these animals. Hmm. So he went out and cut some straight service berry shoots and brought them in, peeled the bark from them. He took a larger piece of wood and flattened it and tied a string to it and made a bow. Now, he was the master of all the birds, and he went out and caught one and took feathers from its wings and tied them to the shaft of the wood. Dick. He tied... <laughs> Just well, ripping they... feathers off a little Tweety bird. He, he might have paid him. You don't know. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Here's some bark bird. Now give me feathers. <laughs> so he tied these feathers along the shaft and tried the arrow at a mark and found that it did not fly well. He took mm. off these feathers and put on three instead of four, and when he tried it, the mark... Uh, at the mark, he found that it went straight. Hmm. He picked up some hard stones, broke sharp pieces from them, and when he tried them, he found that these black, f the black flint stones made the best arrow points. He sure. showed them how to use these things. So it's like, God is figuring this shit out, too. Yeah, it's like Minecraft for God. That is exactly what I was going to say. you got to try <laughs> out the recipes. You can't really consult the Wikipedia page if you're, if you're being yeah. honest about it. So he also broke off pieces of stone and fixed them in a handle, and he told them that when they killed the buffalo, they should cut up the flesh with these stone knives. Hmm. So we're about to go to war with the buffalo, all right? Yeah, seriously. So one day after this, uh, some people went on a little hill to look about, and the buffalo saw them and called out to each other, Ah, there is some more of our food! <laughs> and rushed upon the people. So you got talking buffalo with massive horns, like, <laughs> that hey, eat people! <laughs> Domino's is here. <laughs> uh, so uh, the people did not run this time, though. Mm. They began to shoot at the buffalo with the bows and arrows that they uh, uh, that had been given to them, and the buffalo began to fall. Nice. They saw that when the first buffalo hit uh, with an arrow, felt it prick him. He called out to his fellows, "Oh, my friends! A great fly is biting me!" <laughs> Little did the buffalo know he was about to fucking die. <laughs> That's a really big fly. <laughs> Man. With the flint knives that had been given to them, they cut up the bodies of the dead buffalo. Nice. Uh, right in front of all his friends. They're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> about this time, old man came up and said to them, It is not healthful to eat raw flesh. I will show you something better than that. Mm. He gathered soft, dry, rotten wood and made punk of it, uh, hmm. which I believe is just flammable material. Uh, <laughs> and he took a piece of wood and drilled a hole in it with an arrow point, and he gave mm -hmm. a pointed piece of hard. He gave them a pointed piece of hardwood and showed them how to make a fire with fire sticks and Ooh. to cook the flesh of animals. Nice. After this, the people found a certain sort of stone in the land and took another harder stone and worked one upon the other and hollowed it out into a softer softer one so as to make a kettle. Hmm. These people are pretty smart. They're figuring this shit out. They're smarter than God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I he's know. an old man. He might have dementia or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how long was he on that raft with those animals? <laughs> Long enough to be like, all right, the way to make land is to send a mole rat down to the bottom. <laughs> oh, shit. And nearly kill itself so it can bring back a little mud, and then I'm just going to throw it right back in the water. <laughs> that will yeah, create land. The mole rat is just like, they just gave him CPR, and he's like, oh, I did this for you, old man. And old man's like, great, here's the mud, back into the ocean. That's <laughs> just like, fuck me. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't a mole rat. What was it? It was a muskrat. Muskrat. Yeah, there you go. A mole rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, I mean, what we've, what we've learned so far from this story is that muskrats made the planet. They're basically the source uh, of uh, land. They're heroes. Without muskrats, we wouldn't have land. So, I, I'm... Thank God or the old man for uh, muskrats. Yeah, for sure. Because God couldn't do it himself. I mean, the old man, there's no way. He was old. He couldn't swim to the bottom. No. Gotta send that muskrat. For sure. So anyway, it is told that the creator made people and animals at another place and in another way. At the Porcupine Mountains, he made other earthen images of people and blew breath on the images, and they became people. They were men and women. And after a time, they asked him, what are we to eat? Then he took more earth and made images in the form of buffalo. And then when he had blown on them, they stood up and he made signs to them and they started to run. Hmm. He said to the people, there is your food. So yeah, this is, this, I think this is the account of different tribes. Sure. Um, he makes them slightly differently every time because they're earthen and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's probably what that is. Well, he's got to find the right technique. <laughs> right. It takes, it, again, it breaks, you got to break a few eggs, I guess. Yep. So, but these people are in the mountains, right? And mm -hmm. they're like, hey, like, we have to kill those animals. How are we to kill them? And God says, I'll show you. And he doesn't teach them how to make a bow. No, he does something different. All right. He takes them to the edge of a cliff and shows them how to heap up piles of stone running from the back of the cliff like this. And there's an illustration that I don't have because this is a text file. Um, but basically, it funnels the buffalo to the edge of the cliff. Oh, oh yeah. And he oh. said to the people, Now do you hide. <laughs> now do you hide behind these piles of great stone. And when I lead the buffalo this way, as they get opposite to you, stand up. <laughs> then he went on toward a herd of buffalo, began to call them. And the buffalo started toward him and followed him until they were inside the dick. arms of the... <laughs> He's got to feed these people. <laughs> but he's he's lying to the buffalo. He's leading them to their deaths. <laughs> well, they were eating people, so I don't know if I, I have... So. I don't know if they have my sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass buffalo. Yeah. Uh, so he went to a herd of buffalo, began to call them, like I said, and they then he ran to one side and hid and let the people do their work. And as the people rose up, the buffalo ran on in one straight line and jumped over the cliff, and some of them were killed by the fall. The oh. rest that survived died later. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it That's doesn't horrifying. Say that. It doesn't say that, but I'm assuming because it said only some of them. <laughs> yeah, th those whose fall was cushioned by the carcasses of their <laughs> friends beneath them later died from blunt force trauma. <laughs> <laughs> or just trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Uh, so there, said God, or the old man, go and take, a, th take the flesh of those animals. Then the people oh. tried to do so. They tried to tear the limbs apart, but they could not. They tried to bite pieces out of the bodies, but they could Jesus. not do that. <laughs> so, so the old man went to the edge of the cliff and broke some pieces of stone with sharp edges and showed them how to cut up the flesh with these. Right. <laughs> Good move on God's part. <laughs> right. Can't devour it like a Burger King burrito. Exactly. No. <laughs> Gotta cut that shit up with a sharp knife uh, or a stone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Of the buffalo that went over the cliff, some were not dead, but they were hurt, so they could not run away. Ugh. The people cut strips of green hide and tied stones in the middle and with these hammers broke the skulls of the buffalo and killed them. God! <laughs> Jesus! It's so violent. There's only one way to make a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't see how this is too different from McDonald's anyway. Yeah. 
No humane treatment, not like Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, when they had taken the skins from these animals, they set up poles and put the hides over them and so made a shelter to sleep under. Hmm. And later, and later times, the creator marked off a piece of land for the five tribes. Blackfeet, Bloods, Pegans, Pygans, Gross Ventris, and Sarsis. And said to these tribes, When people come to cross this line at the border of your land, take your bow and arrows, your lances and your war clubs, and give them battle and keep them out. Oh, so he's introducing the concept of war now. International war. <laughs> Excellent. And he says, you have to keep them out because if they gain a footing here, trouble for you will follow. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Great. So, so now, yep. <laughs> oh, war crimes and territorial exchange. He's like, yep. he's just like a the UN. <laughs> he's just a shitty <laughs> spreading war and dead buffalo around. Well, after all this, there's a lot of stories about the old man. Sure, um, sure. And they're they're delineated as separate old man stories. Hmm. Right. Um, uh, sorry. Um, and we could read some of those if you wanted, but I think we're probably should probably be done. Yeah, we've we're coming up on two hours. That's but I do want I would love to read you the story of the wonderful bird. Oh, please do. Okay. I'll be quick. All right, one, yeah. w- one day as the old man was walking among the trees, he saw something that seemed very queer. Mm. Yes, uh, a little bird was sitting on the branch of a tree. And that's really strange to, to old man. He's, he's really slipping. <laughs> I mean, as someone who introduces war and buffalo genocide, I can see why you'd be pissed off by a little parakeet on a branch. <laughs> Every little while, this parakeet would make a strange noise, and every time it made this noise, its eyes flew out of its head and <laughs> fastened on a branch of the tree. Oh! <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> then after a little while, the bird would make another sort of noise, and its eyes would go back to their places in its head. <laughs> So old man calls out to the bird, little brother, teach me how to do this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's the bird. The bird's like, okay, sure. Like, uh, I'll show you how to do this shit. It's pretty sick. <laughs> if I show you how, the bird answered, you must not send your eyes out of your head more than four times in a day. Oh. If you do, you will be sorry. <laughs> Go, little parakeet. That's right. It shall be as you say, little brother. It is for you to give, and I will listen to what you say. When the bird had taught old man how to do this, he was glad. (laughs) And he began to do it all right, and did it four times right away. (laughs) Oh. Oh. So... Uh, that's just a picture you want to have in your head. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Old man, like, making a strange noise and his eyes <laughs> pop out. <laughs> 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 then the old man said, why did the bird tell me to do this only four times? He has hmm. no sense. I will do it again. <laughs> oh, no. So once more he made his eyes go out, but now when he called to them, they would not come back. Oh, He shouted to the bird, Little brother, come here and help me get my eyes back. (laughs) The little bird did not answer him. It had flown away. Now, old man felt all over the branches of the tree with his hands, and he could not find his eyes. 
So he went away and wandered over the prairie for a long time, crying and calling out to the animals to help him. As he was blind, he could find nothing to eat, and he began to be very hungry. A wolf teased him a great deal and had much fun. It had found a dead buffalo, and taking a piece of the meat, it would hold the meat close to the old man's face. (laughs) You know... I think the bird and the wolf were probably just these hitmen hired by the buffalo who wanted some goddamn revenge (laughs) for the genocide of their brethren. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. So the old man's got this, this, uh, this wolf teasing him, and the old man would say, I smell something dead. I wish I could find it. I am almost starved. And he felt all around for it. But once when the wolf was doing this, old man caught him, and plucking out one of the wolf's eyes, he put it in his own head. Then he he could see and was able to find his own eyes, but never again could he do the trick the little bird had taught him. I'm trying to find the psychological significance of this myth, but... I want to find this bird. Yeah. (laughs) Because the bird can still do this shit, and... (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Hashtag find the bird. <laughs> find the bird. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's uh, that's what I got. I love that. That, that was amazing. We, I'm going to keep the document in case we want to do that yeah, again. Absolutely. I love that old shit. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff we can we can dig through there. Hey, have I ever told you the story about how I was kicked out of Bible study because I made a joke about buffalo? No. I'll tell it real quick. In college, we had this... Well... We, so there were some wild kids on my, my dorm room floor. And remember, I went to a small Christian school. And apparently the, the authorities, the RA and everything, didn't like that these kids were messing around, not taking their lives seriously, blah, 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 committing all kinds of sin and whatnot. Right, right. <clears throat> so they got the, uh, this, this pastor to come in, and he gathered all of us rowdy boys together. And I wasn't one of the rowdy ones, not as horrible as the others. That surprises (laughs) me. Yeah, I was rowdy in different ways. So they got us all together, and he gave this, like, huge inspirational speech and was like, you guys, you gotta get your lives together. This is college. This is an amazing opportunity. You can't be going around blah, 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 blah. You have to honor God with your actions. You have to honor God with your decisions here. It's an amazing point in your life. And then he, he... gathered us all in this circle. He's standing in the middle of the circle. And he's like, okay, we're going to go around. I want each one of you to tell me what you want to do with your life. Oh, God. This is a big decision. So it's going around, and you know, people are kind of downcast, and they're like, well, I guess I want to have a family and raise my kids to be good influences on the world, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I would like to get a job that pays well so I can use my money to give it back to the church or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. It comes around to me. And uh, with this this straight face, I just go, I want to slaughter the last bison alive. (laughs) (laughs) And... The, the crowd, the, the group erupts in laughter, and the pastor was just shaking with fury. And he's like, get out of here! Get out of my Bible study! So I was kicked out and uh, never allowed to return to that, that weekly Bible study, but I became kind of a legend among, among he, my college mates. He was shaking with rage? 
Yeah, yeah, he was so angry that I didn't take it seriously. But the joke's on him. I was taking it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, life goals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think if somebody asked me what I wanted to do at the first year in college, I would have said, I want to be the next Steven Spielberg. And now I'm out and I'm like, (laughs) I just want to run my podcast and survive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, anyway. that was that was quite the fake episode. I love that. That was so that was, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said at the beginning, everybody, we're probably gonna just start planning these, um, just so we can spend more time on uh, other shit. Honestly, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the uh, other episodes and yeah, like researching, uh, getting, getting our name out together. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that shit. Uh, yep. But uh. I, it can't be it can't be stressed enough. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a review uh, wherever you listen to it. Uh, tweet it around, show some people, mm. tell some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't can't emphasize how helpful that is. Like really can't. Yeah. Um. Because 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how we survive. <laughs> good good explanation. All yep. right. Mm. Uh, if you really like us, you can become a patron on patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. Uh, thank you again to all of our current patrons. You literally give us life. <laughs> yeah. Anything you'd like to say in closing, James? <sighs> Ooh, you're going to throw this potato right over to me, huh? Yep. All right. Well, in closing, clothing, not in clothing, but in closing, <laughs> I would like to say, um, <laughs> visit your local zoo. And support their industry, but then take a shotgun, go over to the- I I don't even know if we can leave that in. We can't. (laughs) Alright everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with with a regularly structured episode. If not, it might just be another crazy discussion like this, which I- I love it. I mean, I love it. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on that note, we'll let the sounds of, uh, old man play you out. Well, I guess it's about time that I get off my lame ass and actually do something. Um, hmm. I'll create the world! Hey, hey, uh, Gabriel? Yes. Oh, well, I need some advice on what to put on this blue planet. Planet, uh, uh, planet. Well, uh, some land would be good, sir. I didn't read the handbook. How how do I make the land? I, I don't know. You're God. <laughs> well, um, uh, I don't. <laughs> well, welcome back to the land part. How about we we skip that part for now and move on to the creatures? Oh, big and small, furry and white, fill in the land that we'll come back to and make later. Humans, right. I'm talking about humans. Oh, perfect, humans. We need more humans. Always. So, Gabriel, tell me, what's step one in creating a human? Uh, As far as I know, to create a person, all you have to do is uh, 
is uh is 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 um You've oh, oh, failed shit. the test. <laughs> to create a human, you have to snap three times and then exclaim poultry, poultry, poultry. And pop goes the weasel. The humans will be coming. Barely hold it together. So here we go. Snap, snap, snap. Poultry, poultry, poultry. And pop goes the weasel. Oh my God. Yeah. How's, how do you like them apples? Well, it occurs to me that these people are going to need a savior of some kind at some point, since they're clearly going to fuck things up and sin and shit. Are you saying I made a mistake? Uh, <laughs> you've made many mistakes. I did. Uh, it's, I really <laughs> fucked that shit up. All right, well, since I'm God, I'll, it'll all come together eventually. Um, God, there's something in my throat. Oh, oh, it's a pineapple. All right, a messiah's needed. Yes. All right. Uh, all right, I've got one planned. Okay. He'll be there soon. <laughs> I try to convince people to slow down. Slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. Oh, oh shit, you, you sent them Elon Musk. I told you I was sending a messiah. This was futile. Uh, oh my, oh my god, years. what is he doing with his, oh Jesus, his eyes, what the fuck?